You seem hungry. Good thing your table is ready with Fatterday Omaha. Fatterday Omaha. Eat this. So this is Dave with Fatterday Omaha, and we are on another episode of Food Recognized Food with a uh, maybe even perennial guest, such an awesome person, human, and contributor to the show because he's taught me a lot, and he's shaking his head over here, but it's really true. But I have Piero Cotrina of WD Cravings, and Piero, how are you doing, man? Well, I'm blushing after those words, you know. <laughs> well, it, it's true. I, I, One of the things about doing this show and meeting you and meeting, you know, so many people through our Omaha restaurant community and, and elsewhere outside, but whether it's it's a book or education or whatever i've i've learned so much you and i this is probably let's see one two maybe our third Saturday type interaction we've got a pasta making video that uh, depending on when this airs people may or may not have seen yet mm-hmm. we've done a lot we've cooked together we've talked together yeah eating your food and I'm, i i'm blessed by by you sir so and yeah. you know it's always nice and fun you know to have you around because that's when really you know like you can tell whenever you click with somebody you know like if you can cook with somebody and have fun doing it i think you know you can do anything with them absolutely and have a great time the fun part about making you know the video with you too because we've actually done it twice because we kind of had a an early uh, we'll, we'll call it a, a very good dress rehearsal um, <laughs> and then right. kind of the actual thing but I mean you know if we total that all up we've probably cooked together for a full uh, day shift at least eight hours combined together so that's pretty cool yeah so. yeah we we definitely had some hours put into it yeah and definitely some sweat and yes you know some slurps yes too. yes oh the the slurps at the end with the the pasta and the pappardelle and everything were that's that's the best part and and also the coffee too that was that was pretty good as well yeah so, yeah, but... yeah <laughs> which i didn't drink too much the second time because right. the first time i feel that i was too over caffeinated and i just <laughs> talk my elbows out like, <laughs> <laughs> we we almost had to roll out individual couscous noodles just because we need to fast and, and go and st- right, instead yeah just right, by right. hand but anyway man so yeah so what's let's let's start with you've always got something going on whether whether it's jujitsu whether it's pizza whether it's pasta and you were talking to me about another thing before we even got in here we'll talk about in, in a little bit but mm-hmm. let's start with WD what if as far as the restaurant goes. What's happening there? I'm always seeing uh, some cheese wheel action, which I, I must confess, I have yet to make it out there for that, so I need to. But what's happening at WD Cravings right now? Um, a lot of things. I mean, we always try to make it exciting. You know, yeah. we always like to experiment with new things. We always like to cook different things just because, I guess, we get bored really easily. Sure. Or we... We just, we're, we like to eat a lot of things that are good. Yeah. And once we either try something, we're like, oh, you know, like we can do this this way. Yeah. And, you know, we then we just kind of jump over, you know, ideas. We bounce off ideas. You know, we're like, hey, remember when we got this? Or, you know, like sometimes we bring childhood memories and we're like, oh, yeah, you know, we can make this. Yeah. So... Um, right now, the cheese wheel is, you know, our main thing. Sure. The main event. Yeah. How should I say? And, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's um, it's been very fun. You know, a lot of fun because people 
haven't seen something like that. I guess over here in Omaha, they I don't see it anywhere in Omaha that does it. You know, I think uh, Mercado in, in Lincoln does, but mm -hmm. not in Omaha that I know of. Right. I think that we are the only restaurant in Omaha that is doing it right now. Yeah. And, you know, we we like to, you know, just put on a little bit of a show, I guess. Sure. You know, just um, show off what, you know, like what cooking is like, you know, because I guess whenever you watch somebody that is cooking, it's it's always more fun. You know, oh, yeah. you, although for us, you know, this is a confession that I have to make for us. It's a little nerve wracking because, um, especially from the background that we have, mm -hmm. you know, um, we're a little bit of a perfectionist and, yep. um, sometimes in order for the standards of the food to be up there where you want it to be. Yeah you need to enforce that you know yeah and sometimes it's not easy because you have different levels of enforcement you know sure um, how perfect are you going to be because i think you told me once that i think you said perfection was an ideal or something along those lines perfection yes i mean it is it is never achievable perfection is only an idea of it um you strive to be something or to have something at a certain standard. Yeah. But the fact that you cannot get there, it always makes you work for that. It always makes you work for more. Sure. It always makes you to be better, I guess. Um, yeah. Sometimes, you know, that can spiral into, you know, many different things. Yeah. Because... Uh, again, you know, you need to make sure that the guy right next to you is actually having the same standards that you have. Right. You know, and sometimes they don't have, you know, the same experience that you have. Sure. Sometimes, um, you know, they get a little overwhelmed inside of the kitchen and sure. um, having that mental, um, should I say, mental uh, thickness thicken like thick skin yeah. you know what i mean yeah um being able to take input and, and criticism and or just well not only to... that it's just you know like the fact that you know you have a range where you're like cooking noodles you know like the timer goes off and then you take the noodles from out of the water and then oh. sometimes you burn yourself and then the ticket <sighs> is ringing and then you have to read the ticket and then there's some people that are over there you know like asking you questions and it's like it can be a little overwhelming. I see. You know? So it's almost your ability to process all of this crazy input at the same time and then mm -hmm. handle, because each of those things is a, a stress item too, if somebody's asking. And then when you have the, like the cheese wheel, you've added in, uh, well, I, I, maybe performance is too strong of a word, but there's a little bit more um art and show for the, the folks that are watching you mm -hmm. versus just being back in the kitchen. Right. So you have an added stress and added input and added piece that you have to process. That's a lot for somebody to, to take in and deal with. Right. And, you know, sometimes it's even hard for myself and, you know, like for the rest of the guys, because yeah. you are not used to that. You know, you are not used to people watching you right there. <laughs> right. You know, sometimes, yeah, they might be able to see you, you know, to watch you. Like, for example, when I was back at the boiler room, it was an open kitchen, but people wasn't 
like right there, like a meter away from you. Right. You know, they, they can watch you, they can see you, but sometimes they won't hear you, you know, like what's what's going on in the kitchens, you know, like, and sometimes the, the, the lingo in the kitchen, it's going to be a little different from, you know, a regular job, you sure. know, like from a regular, you know, office. I guess every boss is different, but I'm straightforward, you know, and I guess that's a little bit of what my, um, I don't want to say problem, but that's what I have to learn how to either communicate much better and communicate the message correctly, you know? Sure. Like, for example, you know, you have a, a piece of paper, right? And you have black ink and you write, for example, take the pasta out in five minutes with black ink, right? Yeah. But if you really want to stress it out, you write it down with like, let's say red ink, right? Sure. Take the pasta out. Yeah. And then if you really want to be, you know, extremely like, hey, <laughs> you know, <laughs> exactly. Either that or capital letters, you know, yeah. like there's going to be an F-bomb over there. Yeah. But it's um, it's a way that that's how I was brought to this industry, right? Sure. Um, pretty much almost all my career, I've been in, you know, fine dining and there are standards over there, you know, and the strong survive and the weak die out. That's pretty much the mentality in, you know, at least when I was, when I was in New York city. Yeah. Cause you were cooking at a Michelin star kitchen up there too, or you, I, I, I know you've been at least staged maybe at Michelin star kitchens and, and some pretty intense places in New York too. Right. So, yeah. I was, you know, a Torisi Italian specialties um, that had a one Michelin star. And then I started at Lebanon Den and 11 Madison Park. Oh, so, wow. <laughs> it, you know, granted, you know, like sometimes you will hear nothing but pants, pots and pants. That's it, you know, and the voice of the chef. Mm -hmm. But in between the cooks, you have to be a wolf. You have to be somebody that can relay the message in a very short amount of time. Yeah. Cutting out the crap and just saying what is necessary. Yeah. You know, and become as as efficient as you can be. Sure. So, you know, if, if not, you know, there's going to be 20 other guys ready, you know, like just ready to jump and take your job. Well, especially at a, a Laberna Dan or, or, you know, something that's, of that caliber too. There's people that have been right. read about it, see it, you know, whatever. And it's like, that's where I'm going to be and whatever. So, yeah. I unfortunately, I mean, in some of those kitchens, I luckily, my personality helped me to develop some bonds mm -hmm. and, um, you know, I, I guess a liberal day and I was best friends with this Colombian dude that actually was this year for, you know, the lunch yeah. hour. And sometimes she, he will make, you know, like sauces for the dinner time. Yeah. And um, everybody will respect that dude. It was it was such a, an awesome experience, you know, because you get in touch or you get exposed to an environment that outside in the dining room, it's one environment, you know. Sure. From, from the outside of the restaurant, 
it's another environment, you know, like you see the restaurant from the outside and you're like, oh yeah. my gosh, you know, like everything down or something like that. And, in you the know, background is different. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And in the background is completely different, you know, um, like I was, I was actually talking to my coach about this, you know, um, uh, they were telling me about the, the show, The Bear. Oh yeah. You know? Yep. And, uh, you know, they were like, they're, so a few of the guys over there that are obsessed with that show, which yeah. I think is hilarious because these guys are, you know, cage fighters, you sure. know, and, you know, it's it's like they're kind of obsessed with this, with just the the illusion of somebody, you know, screaming at their cooks and, you know, like just completely, you know, like, I guess, um, obliterate him for, you know, like minor things. And yeah. it's it's very... Uh, passionate is very emotional um i haven't really watched any of the episodes i only sure. watch the trailers for what i sing but um almost every almost every single show of kitchens it's like that you know like they show the chef you know like screaming and um probably that happens in reality probably only 10 percent of the time only about 10 percent of the time is you know chef just screaming at that you know, mm -hmm. insane level and, and those type of things. And right. so, but it's not like that all the time in, in the kitchen. Yeah. Like that. I think that one of the things that actually that, that was, you know, brought up was because, you know, of either Gordon Ramsay. Oh you know, yeah. Like Famous I, for yelling. Right. So, because even prior to that, you know, his mentor, which was Marco Pierre White, you know, also had a show. And I, I love that show. Like it, it was called Marco. Yeah. That's what it's called. And um, they show, you know, like the beginnings of uh, Gordon Ramsay as well. Oh, like, nice. Gordon Ramsay, you, you wouldn't even see Gordon Ramsay only probably like three takes. That's it, you know? No kidding. And um, the way how he will talk to them, it will be one of the things that it caught my my ear and my eye, you know, because he wasn't really yelling. Uh -huh. He was just very stern, you know, like talking and straight, going straight to the point. Sure. To where every, anybody, you know, like can probably understand him. Yeah. If not, you know, probably get petrified by, <laughs> you know, the, the guy. I mean, um, he's one of the most talented chefs that, you know, I actually look forward to maybe meet one day, you know, yeah. I, I learned so much from just watching his show, but the, the way how, you know, nowadays, you know, TV shows are played out. It's like, if there's no emotion or if there's no, a reason to, for people to watch, yeah. you know, like then there's not going to be ratings. They're looking for the drama. They don't, it's not right. There right. needs to be some type of flashpoint or, or whatever. Exactly. To, yeah. And so, you know, like, and even though, you know, like when I watch Hell's Kitchens, you know, like I, I see, you know, this guy, sometimes executive chefs, you know, they go and participate to, on that show, but the way how they fail in the kitchen, sometimes it, it kind of gives me to think, man, I don't think this, the show is real, you know, like it must be a stage because at that level, if you reach that level of, you know, hierarchy inside of a kitchen, like yeah. being an executive chef or like a chef de cuisine, 
and you're messing up in a few orders, you know, then either that's that show stage or there's a problem with either um, the, you know, the mentality or his mental state or there's a problem with the educational system mm -hmm. that, you know, like he actually went through or he needed more experience, you know. Um, you can always break down this type of shows if you have the experience, right? If you have the right eye and you look at these guys, you know, you're like, hmm, why, you know, why is he not talking to the other cook, you know, like, and actually, you know, communicating to him mm -hmm. to bring that dish together because that's basically what happens in Michelin star restaurants right um you don't you're not in charge of only one dish you're in charge of one component of the dish right sure like somebody's on saute somebody's on whatever or right or, so yeah. you got you know like your protein guy you got you know the guy that uh the intramed guy um basically sides or whatever other component that goes into the dish. Yeah. Um, and you know, you got you have the guy at the pass or sometimes prior to the pass that actually finished the dish, you know, so or sometimes the chef is the one that finished the dish with like a little bit of sauce or like some, you know, microgreens and whatnot. And then, you know, calls for, you know, like the server. Or even prior to that, there's somebody at the window might be an expo or might be another chef that actually overlooks that dish in completion. Yeah. So that's why they have those uh, that kind of standards because there's so many set of eyes that goes, you know, that the food goes through. Yeah. And there's so many palates too because everybody has to taste every taste single it. body. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, if you don't taste, then either you don't want to cook <laughs> or, you know, there's something wrong with you because if you think you're going to, you're just going to present it something nice and you, you're just going to measure salt, you know, by the pinches, then, you know, like, how do you know how salt, you know, how, what's the level of salt if you, you haven't tasted, you know, you, sure. you're not going to be able to taste it with your fingers. So it, the level of, you know, commitment and the level of um, uh, quality control mm -hmm. that one dish undergoes before hitting the pass. And this is before actually it hits the dining room, you right, know? Right, right. So not only not only the chef, but also, you know, they will have meetings prior, you know, like to, you know, like the service, right? Yeah. And so they will talk to the captains, they will talk to, uh, the runners that will talk to, you know, like the servers, they will explain the dish and they will quiz every single one of them. Like, okay, you know, like, how would you explain this dish? You know, how, tell me about this dish. Tell me about this component. Tell me about, I don't know, what is vinagre de Jerez or, you know, like, um, you know, white shoyu, whatever it is, you know? So, those people are also trained to keep eyes on the plate and know what's going on inside the plate. Sure. So you might have sometimes, you know, a server that goes like, chef, there's something missing over here. Good job. And then whoever made the mistake, 
Yeah, I mean, depending on how often they make that mistake, mm-hmm. you know, that's, I think, a level of um, reprehensive, mm-hmm. you know, like not even reprehensive, but um, a different level of um, talk, you sure. know, because normally they will they will just grab the, the guy, you know, pull it to the, to the window or to the pass and let them know, hey, you know, you taste this or you've seen this. And then there's the big question that everyone is afraid in the kitchen. Why? Sure. Why would you do this? Why did, did you put this on the plate? Yeah. If you didn't taste it or if you thought it was too salty or if you thought it was too sweet. Yeah. And I seen people getting completely frozen, not being able to talk for that simple question. It's just unbelievable how much meaning, you know, a small question can have, especially in a in a professional environment. You have so many people, like you said, involved in creating this one dish that's going to go out to the pass. So where it's picked up right and taken to the dining room by server mm-hmm. or, or a uh, runner or whatever. <laughs> but you have all these people, you had prep cooks, you had people on the line, you had people at different stations, all putting this dish together in so many eyes. And I could see where if it made it to the table <laughs> mm-hmm. and it wasn't good, especially when we're talking real high-end dining here where people mm-hmm. are paying large amounts of money for a plate. And it doesn't matter if you pay five bucks or you pay a hundred, it doesn't matter, right? Mm-hmm. It should come out good. But when you're paying all these people for their expertise and you train them and it still made it out there, I could see where if there was a mistake that there'd be a whole lot of eyes going, man, I contributed my piece, you know, what happened and, and, and why. Mm-hmm. So there's that element there. Um, as well. The other part that I thought was really interesting is that you had mentioned that, you know, if the server comes back and says, Hey chef, this was messed up or there was a problem. That dynamic is interesting because I always, you know, you envision the chef as, you know, God writes in the kitchen and nobody can question chef, but you're saying, Hey, no server comes over and says, Hey chef, I was missing, you know, my pommes frites on here. I don't know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's the deal? So I, I could see a healthy kitchen and healthy restaurant environment having that open dialogue and getting to the bottom of what's going on because everybody's a recipient of what happens when that dish makes it to the table, mm, you know? I mean, two things that has to be taken into consideration on the part that you said, the definition of a healthy kitchen, mm. you know, mm-hmm. what is the definition of it? And second is that everybody is human, you know, right. we're not perfect and we have to be aware of, you know, like our imperfections. We have to be aware of what's our strong points because if you really want to be number one, you don't get there by yourself. Sure. You have to have a team. You mm-hmm. have to, you know, like there's so many, com- there's so much competition right now in the world. And I feel that for whatever you're doing, you know, like you might be a doctor, you might be a lawyer, you might be um, uh, an electric car development, 
sure you know yeah and but you always need a team you know like you cannot you might be the guy with the ideas yes but you have to rely on your team and the communication that's the main key mm -hmm. of i feel any business you know the communication that gets developed between the the cooks or between the employees mm -hmm. all the way to the high command you yeah. know so all the the communication ideas and things mm -hmm. that you experienced at this high level of dining and things like that and kind of where we we started talking about our you know with the the cheese wheel at wd and the communication and and handling that stress mm -hmm. how are you able to take your experience and knowledge that you've gained because you've cooked quite a few places mm -hmm. how do you impart your expectations to your staff and help communicate with your staff like how do you set those expectations how do you make that communication happen so that your kitchen that you're in charge of chef <laughs> how do you make sure that it, it runs the way that that it needs to and it is a, a healthy environment as far as how you see it so uh it's a learning process you yeah. know and i'm still learning sure always it, i i'm always i was always an employee you know i was always a cook yeah and now basically you're in charge for your own success sure you know so you have that responsibility and then you have the responsibility with the cooks yeah you have the responsibility for them to know what you're thinking and mm -hmm. what you're about to do, right? Yeah. So my communication, like I said, sometimes is not the best, but that's when actually my cooks come up to me and they ask questions. Good. You know, yeah. I always encourage, you know, like if if you don't know something or if you think something's wrong then it's probably because it's wrong right um don't be scared to speak up about something huh? exactly yeah. and you you have to be ready you have to be ready for certain you know i always i always try to impart the murphy law on them you know <laughs> what can't go wrong will go wrong <laughs> absolutely oh my gosh like that is that that should be a motto in the kitchens <laughs> like in any kitchen they should have that like just with in a huge board you know like here's your chef whites and then here's the tattoo that, on your arm that says what can go wrong will go wrong. right <laughs> you know something like that because um you know you have to be ready for anything yeah um even you know like during during slow times you know like that's probably the easiest time for you to you do something wrong you know because you're you're not expecting it you know you're chill you're you're like oh it's an easy day you know and then yeah boom you know and, and sometimes it even happens to myself you know I, like i said i'm i'm still learning i'm i'm not perfect you sure. know? and sometimes i'm a victim of my imperfection mm -hmm. but i'm also a victim of my pursuit for perfection sure and i have to be I have to learn, you know, I, I guess I learned a little bit over the course of, you know, my career mm -hmm. on how to be okay with myself, mm -hmm. how to be okay by messing up, mm -hmm. how to be okay by mm, being the person that I am, 
Yeah. You know, I, uh, I, I tell pretty much all my cooks and, you know, like being short staff, probably this isn't helping a lot, but I tell, you know, I, I'm, I'm honest. I'm, I'm straight up honest because I know what I want. I know what I want for the restaurant. I know what I want for my life, you yeah. know, that I'm a very hard person to work for. And, you know, many people go like, oh, why is that? And I tell them, you'll find out. <laughs> let's just, you know, let's just cook and let's just, you know, do what we are here to do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you'll find out. And I sometimes even find new things about myself, you know, during during those rushes. And again, you know, we're serving casual food. We're serving sometimes, we used to serve them in, you know, like uh, paper bowls, mm -hmm. you know, like we used to say serve them in, then we, we move into like the plastic bowls. And then we actually uh, recently just bought like real bowls, you know, Keep, up, um, keep upgrading the, the tableware there. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, a little bit, but I I don't want to fall into this uh, spiral of like, okay, then the next thing is plates, you know, and then the next thing is better plates, <laughs> and the next thing is, you know, servers. Just, just go with small cheese wheels. It'd be like the next evolution of the bread bowl. You just, <laughs> you know, that would be, that would be awesome because then I wouldn't wash, I don't have to wash dishes. Exactly. You can eat, you can eat no. your dishes or, or take them home with you. you right. Awesome. Right. Oh, that would be cheese. one expensive dish. Let me tell you that too. <laughs> yeah. It's like, unfortunately the cost for your pasta went up 800% because you didn't right. eat the bowl. Right. But <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't complain about it. That's fair. There's been some good, I mean, you know, I could go home with some, some, some Parmigiano Reggiano that, that might be okay. Right. Right. So, but you know, it, it's interesting too, you know, you're saying you always learn, you know, something about yourself and mm -hmm. you, you, any of us are, you know, moving into different, uh, situations or like you said, the situation when it's slow versus when you're getting slammed, mm -hmm. um, versus when you're out of product or whatever you, you, you're going to react, find out how you react in those situations. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing I, like you said, you know, is is that we we're all going to mess up and i i read once is like you you have two choices you can succeed mm -hmm. or you can learn and mm -hmm. i think those are those are both very true and and to be self-aware of things that you might need to improve and and take action on those things and that's a hard thing to do sometimes um, mm -hmm. and especially I'm a little bit of a perfectionist myself. I don't, I don't like to mess up. I don't think most people do. Right. Um, and, but being able to get over the, the situation of, uh Oh, I made a mistake getting over that and going, okay, I can do better. And then you're much stronger because you've taken that mistake. You've done it once. Now you know how to avoid it. You know, mm -hmm. the next time it's, it's the same thing with me learning more and more about pizza dough. Um, really high hydration pizza dough for me. Mm -hmm. It's very wet. It's a little harder to deal with. Yes. That's a learning process versus something that is drier and doesn't stick to anything. And, you know, so those things and, and you don't know until you've gone through the challenge, right? How to change things. But you know, a high hydration dough, it can give you a much beautiful product, I guess, in my, in my opinion, yeah. you know, I, Sometimes I like dense bread. I like, you know, focaccia that is a little dense, you know, not too dense, but sure. 
you know, um, I try to make my focaccia at least, you know, like 70% hydration. Yeah. Whereas, you know, um, ciabatta would be one of the highest hydration breads out there. Uh, it will have somewhere around 90, 91% of hydration. Oh, my goodness. Yes. And um, hydration, I mean, for all the people that don't know what we're talking about, I guess hydration or percentage of hydration, it, it goes to how much water the dough has in comparison to flour, right? right? So let's say you have a thousand grams of flour and you have 700%, I mean, 700 grams of water. What is your hydration? We're at 70%. Exactly. Yep. So uh, the higher, the more water uh, a dough has, the more air it's going to have, the more light it's going to be but it's just going to be harder, really hard to work with. <laughs> yeah, You can always, almost, I mean, you probably experienced this, that it's almost like running down your fingers when you pick it up, oh right? Gosh. It can be a big challenge. It's been, yes. Right. Yes, that's one of, been one of the harder things to deal with. And and uh, uh, I know we're, we're kind of, now we're transitioning into pizza making, which is fine. Um, but, you know, one of the things I think that's counterintuitive mm-hmm. is having a cup of water next to you to dip your hand in yes. and get it wet. And then quickly, uh, Ken Forkish, actually, mm-hmm. I think you have his uh, bread book sitting mm-hmm. on your counter. Yes, that um, is correct. And so I, I actually picked that up after reading The Elements of Pizza because I'm like, I really love that book so much. Mm-hmm. I want his bread book. But anyway, one of the the things that I was learning about through through that process to just all the sticky doughs and, and high hydration is, mm-hmm. is not only have a wet hand, but just grab quickly when you fold and, and don't stay there too long because right. it will attach itself to you yes. and not let go. And then, like you said, it's either running through your fingers or you know, sticking everywhere and like half the dough is just not where it needs to be. And it's, it's a tricky process. <laughs> it is something of a love and hate relationship, you know, because yes. you're going to hate, you're going to hate make bread or make any type of dough at the beginning. Like yeah. maybe the first three times, yeah. you know, like, especially the first time you're just going to be like, why what am I on? even, why am I even doing this? <laughs> this is a pain. I'm going to go like, buy a loaf. <laughs> yeah. You're literally just going to throw it away and buy, you know, like a loaf of bread and you're like, oh, well, I have bread now. You right. Know? Right. But really there's nothing like making your own bread. Yeah. There's nothing like, you know, that just even at home, you know, like the, the crunch, you know, that you get in the smell. Like if you live oh, yeah. in an apartment, it's even better. <laughs> I will say, because then the you know the the smell of freshly baked bread there you wouldn't be it. yeah they, it wouldn't be able to escape your apartment so you're like man I just want to catch it I want to bottle it and then I want to keep it under my bed you know right. so um it's a it's something kind of magical at some you know like at some point you realize that you're really putting water flour and if you're using you know commercial yeast and salt you know like yeah. you're, you're just grabbing really four ingredients that they're the most common ingredients out there yeah and putting them together to create something that is edible yeah you know because if you think about it if you grab a cup of flour and if you grab you know seven seventy 70 grams of water and you just 
drink the water and then you eat the flour just like that, then you're going to end up with a huge stomach cake, yes, right? Yes, that is a problem. <laughs> right. So you go from transforming these ingredients that are, you know, like so common out there and putting something edible, but not, not, not only something edible. I mean, I'm very passionate about bread and I just because of space constraints, you know, at WD, we don't make our own bread. Oh, and yeah. Got some room. Also, you know, like time restraint restrictions, you know, like it's it's like for making bread, you have to have somebody completely, fully devoted to just making bread. You I'm, know? I'm glad you said that because so in in Ken Forkish's book, so uh, flour, water, salt, yeast, right? Mm -hmm. Um there's there's a two-page thing in there on the baker's schedule and it involves you know person number one showing up at three in the morning right. and has to feed the levain the the sourdough starter that that, that keeps going right this culture mm -hmm. and all these other things and i will tell you i'm i'm pretty decent multitasking type of person bouncing around between different tasks reading the description of all the things that a baker has to go through was tiring. Right. <laughs> it was it was wild. So like you know, like you said, there's there, you know space and time, and mm -hmm. to get a lot of those, um, you know, you've got like a like a straight dough that doesn't have any pre ferment in it. So you know, none of those was uh, poolish or or biga or mm -hmm. anything like that or levain dough. Um, mm -hmm. But all those things that you want to age for a while, and you have to care for the dough before. It hits the oven right all those ingredients that's a lot of time and a lot of space and, so. it, and not only that but it's it's a certain amount of devotion that you have to oh yeah you know um give to this product to this um almost it it, it is a living organism or it's a world of a living organisms in there you yeah. know but it becomes something more once you actually start baking continuously, you know, and that's one of the things that I'm afraid of. Like yeah. I love baking bread so much that it, I'm afraid that if I started it, <laughs> you're not going to stop. I'm not going to stop. Well, and if you have a, a, a Levain that you're literally, you have living organisms that you are caring feeding daily. Right. And if you don't, it's gone. And if you've got one you really like, right. And it messes up you're going to be kind of mad because you may never get that exact same thing again. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, you know, um, recently we just, you know, like you have to have, you know, a certain amount of time for that. Um, you really don't have to be, you know, busy because um, recently we just had a, uh, a, a little, you know, party at WD to celebrate our third year. Right. Nice. And so we invited, you know, all our employees and, Ex, ex employees, you know, like, and, you know, like they're team members. Yeah. You know, sure. I like to consider them as, you know, my team. So, um, we, we got together. We, it was really good time, really nice time. And, um, one of, one of them, she brought me a, a sourdough. Oh, awesome. Yeah. She's been working a, uh, you know, sourdough mixture in, in a little jar. And, you know, she packed it really nice. And, you know, she goes like, you know, I remember you talking about bread and, you know, like how much you loved uh, baking bread. So here you go. And I got so excited. I was just like, oh, my gosh, Kelsey, this is so awesome. And so 
um you know i put it in my fridge and you know like i was like man next day i just gonna you know like i'm gonna have to you know um you know like feed it and everything yeah but then uh the next day you know i i had to take my mom to the hospital oh, not not for you know like a not an emergency and not an emergency it was okay. just a procedure Good. that she was right. gonna have <laughs> no and um then you know like i came back to the restaurant and i think somebody called in sick and you know like i had to cover that shift and you know the next day you basically had to pick up groceries and you know like uh you you're just life don't happened have, exactly you just don't yeah. have time and so by the fourth day i remember and i was just like oh my gosh like i see the starter oh, over no. there and i'm just feeling <laughs> so bad was it still in the fridge yes okay yeah. well because you can you can recover it yes right? you can yeah. recover it and you know like for the after the fourth day and fifth day you know like i it's been a week <laughs> and so i see sorry kelsey i i kill i kill your sourdough if you're listening oh no but um you know uh I feel that there might, and that's one thing about experimenting, you know, like yeah. you can probably experiment, although, you know, like I I know probably what's going to be the result. And, you know, when the living organism has completely depleted, you know, what's in the flower, mm-hmm. uh, it's very hard to bring it back to life, sure. you know? Yeah. You, you can bring it back to life probably, you know, um, that's, probably what I'm going to try. If not, you know, I'm probably going to either, I don't, well, I don't want to start my own. See, I'm doing it again. I'm doing it again. You're almost going to bake bread like right now. (laughs) I'm actually just planning on it, you know, (laughs) Um, but no, man, I mean, it's, um, you, you really have to, you know, have some time to, to devote this beautiful thing some time because one is just completely going to change your life you know just the same with pasta mm-hmm. you know when when you taste taste fresh pasta the mm-hmm. first time and it's perfectly cooked you know perfectly seasoned and you toss it with just olive oil garlic and just some chilies probably you know like and yeah. you taste it you're like oh my gosh you know like this is this is just so good you know like just plain and simple <laughs> And whenever you go somewhere else that has, you know, pre-packaged pasta or pre-cooked pasta, mm-hmm. it's not the same, you know. It's not. You Fresh pasta has uh, – I still love box pasta and dried pasta. It's mm-hmm. still good. But mm-hmm. when, I, when I go out somewhere and I want pasta, that fresh pasta is what I'm looking for because it is such a different textural – experience mm-hmm. and you know you and i have got the chance to make pasta twice and you know you were talking a bit ago about those simple ingredients you know in this case with pasta that you and i made mm-hmm. it's just you know flour and egg and like that's kind of it mm-hmm. even even when we made it we didn't even use any water maybe a couple of dribbles because we're using the moisture mm-hmm. you know from the egg in there and then you take something that simple and put the care into it that's the right. you know the the care and the the technique and create something that tastes phenomenal mm-hmm. and you're you, you eat something that's 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 had that care put into it and you're like oh my gosh you know what did i what did i do here this is amazing you know so. and you know again you know you're just putting flour which is one of the you know main things out there 
one of the most the one of the least expensive things to buy and i feel that fresh bread and making fresh pasta because now we are in a in a in a time where you go to instagram and if you're a foodie probably 90% of your feed is either going to be pasta or you know some korean dish you know um which i really like mixing sometimes both of those cuisines there yeah know, and 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 sometimes i even ask myself you know like why italians don't eat pasta with chopsticks like it right it's the best the best carrier for the best for just about anything really yeah for for you know like for pasta except rice i mean unless you have a sticky rice or unless you just want to go you know like you just put the sticks together you hold the bowl under your mouth and you start shoveling right. that's how rice I, that's, works that's that's what i <laughs> that's what i do you know like goku style you yeah. know you just yeah exactly and so but i i like the i like the chopstick point though because one of the things is and and just maybe it's a textural thing but like mm-hmm. with a fork you're you're piercing the ingredient or you possibly you know ripping the ingredient right. with the chopstick you can pick it up without breaking it as easily yes. too which is pretty cool. We we should probably start throttling down the microphones coming to the end of the show but uh it, just importantly you know where's the best place to keep an eye on what is happening at WD Cravings what where can people find you? We're located on 103rd in Ida mm-hmm. uh right on Cherry Hills Village. Uh, our address is 7110 North 102nd Circle. Omaha, Nebraska, 68122. Ooh, good zip code. Yes. So uh, they can find us over there um, pretty much from Sunday to Friday. Okay. Our We have a little bit of weird hours, but, you know, we're also human beings. You know, like we're there pretty much from working, you know, like from open to close. So, you know, we, we don't really want to get, you know, burned out and... Um, you know, they can check our website. They can also go to Instagram. Our hours are posted over there. You can see that big cheese wheel there. It's pretty cool. And <laughs> yes, and we have a lot of a lot of videos for the cheese wheel. And, you know, they can uh, go experience the cheese wheel. We have it for lunch. We have it for dinner now. Awesome. So Still doing to go on the cheese wheel if you want to? I mean, not the same as eating in, but uh, still pretty cool. Correct. So. No, yes. I um, I encourage people to have it inside the restaurant you know like something like for example pasta or maybe even pizza you know um or you know i take that back anything fresh because <laughs> uh i was i can't remember i was with one of my friends and uh, i uh, we were watching the ufc fights and uh, i brought tacos for them right yeah and uh when we when i brought them you know like they were they were good but then one of them tried it um, 20 minutes and 30 minutes or 20, 30 minutes after. Right. Yeah. And he was like, man, these tacos are not that good. I was like, bro, you have to have them <laughs> fresh. Like you have yes. to have them right away. I think, I think anytime for any restaurant, the very first time you eat there, mm-hmm. you have to have it there. So you know where it's at, mm-hmm. because then if you do to go later, you'll have the echo back to how it was fresh. So you'll understand what it, what it could be. Right. And, you know, uh, Grace Young has that book, Breath of the Walk, you know, talking about, so the uh, cooking in the walk and getting mm-hmm. served straight from the walk 
the breath of the walk, the the essence of it. And there's, you know, theories of, okay, well, it's actually, you know, the oil smoking, but the flavor though, straight right. off the walk right. is different. And there's a time limit. You take it home, you lose that. And so That's I think there's probably like a breath of the pizza oven or, you know, uh, um, air of the pasta or something along those lines You're too. You're getting creative so, now. <laughs> so you get that, that freshness, that flavor that is just, straight off of there and that's that's one of the things i think i've been experiencing too with uh with making pizza and things like that or like you said baking bread mm -hmm. is getting it just just at that fresh moment or when you and i had the opportunity to cook pasta together mm -hmm. you know you were in there adding the ingredients in the pan flipping that pasta and you hear that pasta slap on there you throw it on the plate and we had it just right there right then exactly and that's it's at its best it's at its which best, so. it, it, it like it's it's funny because you know like we got cut in our conversation that one day that, you know, like the pasta got a little drier. And, right. You know, like when I was serving it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, so that's, that's one of the things about me, you know, like I remember when, I can't remember when the times that it was more the times that it wasn't perfect. Sure. Whereas the times that it were perfect, you know, but that's, that's one of the things that I was like, you know what? You know, I'm not I'm not even gonna show any type of discomfort mm -hmm. because I need to be okay with myself mm -hmm. putting out a product that I probably, you know, don't feel a hundred percent proud, but I was having a great time. I was having a great conversation, yeah. you know, and I'm also a human being. So, you know, it was more of the time, more of the the moment that we were, you know, like actually, you know, enjoying. Yeah. The fact that I was like, okay, Piero, you know, this let this be a moment of learning for you. Yeah. You know, you might not, you know, like probably, a for the trained eye, you know, on Instagram, you know, like people will be like, oh, but your pasta is breaking and everything, <laughs> you know, like I don't care. It's I like, really, yeah. We we made it together. I learned so much that day. Right. It was super tasty, and I totally enjoyed it. And that's that bowl of you know there was no meat in that pasta, mm -hmm. and it's still just as satisfying as eating a big cheeseburger or something along right. those lines. Right. And awesome, you so. know, I ate it. I ate quite a bit of it, and then uh, <laughs> after and thirty minutes, I was yeah, I had to jujitsu it. I completely kind of regretted because, <laughs> oh my gosh, it's when you have somebody's knee on your belly after eating pasta. <laughs> pasta? Yes, it's not the most pleasure feeling. That's that's, yeah. that's fair. That's fair. Well, I, I think we'll we'll sum it up this way. If if you know people, um, hopefully got out of this conversation. You have choices to succeed or learn, mm -hmm. and you know the perfection is is a pursuit, an idea, and you can work to get there. But mm -hmm. um, communication is important. We yes. talked about that. Uh, fresh, delicious food. People put a lot of care and time, be that the chef, be that the servers, everybody. So, um, you know, give care back to your back to your restaurants and the people that prepare your food. Mm -hmm. Always take care of the people that prepare your food. That's that's important. They're, they're nourishing and providing for you. So uh, Piero Cotrina of WD Cravings, as always, thank you so much for lending your knowledge, your smile, your conversation and your your true and open heart to our discussion. There's always something good to talk about for sure. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate right. it. Sounds good. We'll sign it off on Saturday Omaha and I am Dave Zorko. And as we say, until we eat again, stay hungry. 
Bye. Our show is recorded and produced by Fatterday Omaha. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, as well as email fatterdayomaha at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and stay hungry. Saturday Omaha. Eat this.